0: Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, Food. I'm your host, Nikki Sizemore, and in this podcast, we'll explore the rituals, traditions, and cultural influences around food and how they connect us to our minds, our bodies, our spirits, the earth, and our communities. This is a space that's dedicated to bringing more presence, ease, and joy into the process of feeding ourselves. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm a little nervous about today's episode because it is a solo episode and I haven't done a solo episode since the very first episode, which was when I shared my history, my complicated history with food. But it's actually pretty fitting that today's episode is a solo episode because it's going to be the last one in this season. I'm just taking a short little break this summer from the podcast. I'll be back in mid-August, so just taking a month off, but I already have some amazing shows in the pipeline, so definitely stay tuned for that. Also, my newsletter is still going out this summer, so if you're not subscribed, you can hop over there. I send out weekly recipes, essays, tips, all of that will still be happening. So if you are not yet a newsletter subscriber, please do so And if you become a paid subscriber, you fund this whole project. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you paid subscribers get access to all of the recipes and some bonus content as well. Okay, so why a solo episode today? I wanted to dive into a practice that if you are a newsletter subscriber, you've read about. It is something I call intentional eating. And this is just a term that I made up. Gosh, a year and a half, to two years ago, to describe this thing that I had started to do. And now intentional eating has become kind of a term, and other people have their own definitions. I know nothing about that. I just know intentional eating is my own, this is just my own thing. So, this is how I define it it is cooking and eating with intention as an act of self-care. So it's really using the power of mindfulness to better connect to the foods that we eat and to our bodies and really even to the earth and to each other so that we can transform cooking from a necessity or even a chore into this act that supports our well-being, that makes us happy, or perhaps that brings us more pleasure and joy. So I know a lot of us have heard the term intuitive eating, and I just really want to quickly distinguish between the two. Intuitive eating is about trusting in your body's inherent wisdom when it comes to what to eat and when to eat. And intuitive eating is an amazing practice, and it's something that I practice. I practice intuitive eating. However, I noticed that there was this gap. Jumping into intuitive eating, there was no first step. Because intuitive eating requires a deep deconditioning around all of our beliefs around food. And I talk about this a lot in my newsletter. I will link to some of the newsletters that I've written about this. But we are deeply conditioned around food. I mean, from every angle. From the media, obviously, that's very obviously in social media. Everyone's trying to tell us what to eat and when to eat. But also just from, you know, living in a patriarchal society, from our families, from our cultures. And while not all of this conditioning is bad, it also disconnects us from our sovereignty and our deep connection to food and our trust in ourselves when it comes to choosing which foods are best for our bodies. So, if you want to jump into intuitive eating, if you already have patterns that are all mixed up, then when you go to choose which foods best serve your body, you might be responding to those patterns instead of to your own body's deep, inherent wisdom. There's a great book that I've quoted in the newsletter called Mother Hunger. It's by Kelly McDaniel. And she explains how our first experience of love as babies is being fed. <laughs> and there's a great quote. She says, women without maternal nurturance grow up hungry for both love and food and frequently confuse the two. So you can see how far back these patterns go. They can unconsciously extend back to when we were infants. And if those patterns aren't healthy or clear, I don't like the word healthy, but if they're not kind of clear, then our inner compass that guides us towards food choices might simply be off. But then there's another aspect to intentional eating as well. It's also just about like pleasure. (laughs) Because the thing that I love about food is that it's my creative outlet and it's a deep source of pleasure. So how can we reemphasize that? So Intentional eating is not about what you're eating at all, actually. That doesn't really matter. (laughs) It's about how you're eating. It is cooking and eating with your full presence regardless of what's on your plate. And the beauty of intentional eating is that it really becomes the first step towards intuitive eating because when we consciously learn to feed ourselves and engage all of our senses when we our cooking, we naturally start to free ourselves from those patterns and from the chaos of the mind. And we can find more pleasure and ease in the kitchen. And I argue, or I would assert, (laughs) that intentional cooking also makes us better cooks. Because when we are fully engaged in the kitchen, then we can respond to the food in front of us instead of being tied to a recipe. And I know I'm a recipe developer. This is what I do. But there's also time to trust your instincts even when you're following a recipe. So that's kind of like the overview of what intentional eating is. My own story of how this developed is that, gosh, okay, Juniper, my youngest daughter, is eight. After she was born, and I think a lot of new moms can relate to this, life became like, a lot more stressful. And I was working full time. I was writing my first cookbook. I'm also wired this way. I will say like, go, 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 (laughs) go mode. I had to do that twice because that's how fast I was moving. And I was writing books, cookbooks. I was teaching families how to cook dinner and get food on the table. And meanwhile, dinner had become like the point of stress, a very high point of stress in my life. I felt so rushed every night cooking. Cooking was like, making dinner was like this thing I had to do. And I had a lot of opinions about what dinner should look like because, you know, I was a recipe developer, food stylist. I had strong opinions (laughs) I didn't really cut myself any slack. Now that I can look back with such compassion, I'd be like, girl, why didn't you order takeout? <laughs> but regardless, dinner is my favorite meal of the day. If you've listened to my podcast with Jasmine Nena within the scope of human design, I am a night eater. This is when I love a big, long dinner. And during that time, I was just stressed. I brought all of my stress to the kitchen. Cooking really became a chore. And I developed chronic indigestion. I was on medication every single day. I couldn't digest food. I was really, I think about it now, like with my podcast with Samantha Fulton, my nervous system was so out of whack. I was quite stressed. So I realized that I had this meditation practice that I do every morning. I've been meditating for oh, almost 20 years, probably over 20 years. And I realized all of that stuff I would do in the morning and I would feel great and feel connected to myself. And by dinnertime, that was like thrown out the window. None of that was coming into the kitchen with me. And after five years of being on medication, That was like my low point. I was like, okay, enough's enough. I'm finding more peace in the kitchen, but my body is telling me that something is not working. And so that's when I decided, okay, it's time for me to figure this out. And I really wanted to get off of medication. I think that was my goal. So I was like, okay, how do I start this? And I started by breathing. I guess intuitively I knew that I was just carrying this bundle of stress into the kitchen. So I was like, okay, when I meditate every morning, I take a couple deep breaths to calm my body and to get connected. So I started doing that in the kitchen before cooking. And it sounds so simple. It sounds like, (laughs) like, what? Yeah, you breathe. But As Samantha Fulton explained in that podcast episode, which you can go back and listen to, deep breathing is one of our most accessible tools for calming our nervous systems. Deep breathing connects us deeply to our bodies, but it also relaxes us. And we can't be present if we're in a hyper state. We can't be present with ourselves. So I started breathing before cooking. And then this kind of grew into a larger practice, which I'll share with you. But long story short, through this practice, after a couple of months, I was able to get off of heartburn medication completely. It's been several years now since that time. And what amazed me is that the chore of making dinner became another self-care moment of my day. So it really switched. And I'm not saying this is the case all the time. Listen, we all have those nights and that is totally okay. But all in all, if I'm conscious and intentional, which I'll get to, then cooking for myself and cooking for my family and handling food, it's like another form of meditation. It's this moment of beauty. I can give myself. It's something I do consciously to support my well-being. And in switching that perspective, I've become a much more intuitive eater. I feel so much freedom around food. I can even connect, really, to that young girl I was who I described in my first podcast episode. I can embrace her and love her, but I feel so far from that. And I'm so grateful that I am far from that. So intentional eating, what the hell is it? (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to share a quote. This is one of my favorite books. You guys, one of my favorite books is a book by Edward S.B. Brown. And this is a book I've been like reading all year because when I find a book that is so profound, I take my time with it. I have to read like a page at a time because I absorb so much. So this book, I feel like he says all the things that I feel. He just says them so eloquently, much more eloquently than I do. But he says, when we realize that the things we do are not just things, but our behavior, then we may also realize that we have the power to change our life by changing the way we do things rather than what we do. We can change our lives by changing the way we do things rather than by changing what we do. So, the way we go about cooking, even if on the outside it looks like the action is exactly the same, the way we go about it internally can change our lives. And this goes for eating as well. It can not only bring us more satisfaction, pleasure, joy, all that yummy stuff that food does. But it can also connect us to our bodies, to our deep, inherent wisdom. That's the spirit aspect of mind, body, spirit, food. You know, I'm a spiritual seeker. This is really, as I've come to see in the past year or two, like that is really my number one definition for myself over a cook and writer and all that other stuff. So food can be another way to connect us to that beautiful aspect, that deep aspect to ourselves. But it can also connect us to the earth and to the people at our table. So intentional eating. So I started, like I said, with just deep breathing, just taking two deep breaths before I pick up my chef's knife every night. Or maybe even while I'm sharpening my knife or something. I'm like, oh, wait, time to arrive. And I... Arrive in my body. I use that consciously to arrive. From there, the second is I engage my senses. You guys, this practice, by the way, takes seconds. I'll get into how a simple practice is not always easy. Sometimes the simplest things, the simplest changes are the hardest, <laughs> but this takes seconds. So I take two deep breaths, I ground into my body, I arrive in my kitchen and I engage my senses. And so feel into my fingers. I look at the food in front of me. I hear what's going on. I'm smelling, maybe if I'm sitting to eat, I'm smelling that food on my plate. And then I set an intention. And so this is really where things shifted for me from And by the way, this practice, as I'm describing the whole practice, but this is not a prescription. This is just a suggestion. And this is something you can take, you can choose, you can do one thing, you can do the whole thing. This is meant to be yours and you can do with it what you want. But for me, when I started setting intentions, that's where things really shifted into more of a spiritual practice as opposed to like this everyday necessity. Because an intention, unlike a goal, an intention is how we want to be or feel in any particular moment. And I set intentions all the time in my life. Like at the new year, every new year, I set an intention and it's usually one word. My word this year was connection, which was really interesting because this newsletter has developed. Last year, my word was stillness. So I've been setting intentions, but I started setting them in the kitchen and these can be like. The most simple phrases. (laughs) Something like, I will be fully here now. I will be fully here now. Okay, so that's my intention. So as I'm cooking and my brain starts going and I start thinking about the deadlines that are coming and the kids' work projects or I want to take on my daughter's stress as she's studying for finals or whatever. Oh, wait, no, no. I will be fully here now. Okay, I'm back in. So, intentions are just like guideposts and they help direct us. They're like that beacon of light, and we will go off the path and be like, oh, okay, wait, come back. I describe them as like a healthy chew toy. You know, when the dog is chewing up the furniture (laughs) and like, no, give it something, give it something healthy to chew on. Intentions are just another way that we can focus our minds away from the chaos away from that cycling chaos. Because our minds want to have something to do. Our minds are great, but they also, if we let them control the story, then we're missing out on all the other communications. And also, I argue, a lot of the pleasure that is available to us all the time, if we can see it. You know, some other intentions are like, I love this one, actually. I will connect to my sense of touch. I use that a lot just because that like brings me into my hands. And then all of a sudden I'm having fun. I'm like a kid playing with Play-Doh as I'm like dipping my hands in the flour or tasting, you know, using my finger to taste a little bit of the curry or something. I also love I will look for beauty in the small moments because there is beauty everywhere and beauty is something that I'm very much drawn to. I think we all are. Beauty is a great way we can access spirit. So set an intention. And again, I know I'm talking a lot, but this is like, boom. (laughs) And I do this before cooking, but also we can do this before eating as well. And then the next is I give thanks to the food in front of me. And it doesn't matter what it is. It can be a frozen pizza. It can be an ice cream sundae. It can be a bunch of farm fresh vegetables that I pulled from my garden, (laughs) Oh, what a gift that I'm able to feed myself. Not all of us are. And I'm deeply grateful for that fact. I mean, gratitude is scientifically proven to be beneficial to our health, for our psychological health, for our physical health. And a simple gratitude practice can change our lives. For me, the way I feel gratitude in my body, it's like a softening. Like everything softens. My eyes open a little bit wider. Not really, but <laughs> I'm almost able to see more. I can perceive abundance where I had been in a scarcity mindset. Gratitude gets me there. So I think the food in front of me. And when I do this, something else happens is I start to like, release resistance. You know how I talked about conditioning around food? Oh yeah, we all have conditioning around food and it'll pop up. You know, even at this point, I feel super free around what I eat. That conditioning will still pop up here and there. And I'm like, oh, I see you. This giant ice cream sundae. Oh, wait, is this healthy? Is this not? Oh no, I see you. Thank you, ice cream sundae. I'm so grateful that I get to sit here and eat this. And then when we really connect to the food as well. We've got this opportunity to connect to the earth. You know, those bell peppers came from a plant. How cool is that? These kale leaves grew from the soil. Can I connect to that soil? Can I connect to the roots of that plant? Can I connect to the farmer who snipped these leaves for me? We are also connected, and I firmly believe when we honor those connections, our lives become richer and more joyful. So thank the food. And then last but not least, I thank my body. Oh, this one gets me all juicy. I love this one. I love this one probably because, as I described in my first podcast, I have not always loved my body. Oh, no, I have not. And to really deeply have deep gratitude and love for my body is just so wonderful. It's so great. So I give thanks to my body. And, it, you know, our bodies are pretty freaking amazing. They digest our food, they heal, they digest food, they do all this without our minds doing a thing. I think we often forget that. Like we forget that our bodies have this inherent wisdom. And my body is communicating to me all the time. And thankfully, I now know to listen because if I don't listen, I will get sick. So I thank my body. Thank you, body. (laughs) And when you do this, it's cool because when you thank your body, you start to release resistance. You know, you digest better. I believe that. I felt it, at least for myself, when I'm in a place of gratitude for my body food digests a lot easier. I'm not all restricted and in conflict. I'm just open and soft. So I have an acronym (laughs) because I love a good acronym and that's BEST, B-E-S-T-T. And that's just breathe, engage your senses, set an intention, thank your food and thank your body. And I'll link to the newsletter where I have like a downloadable handout. You can tape this to your fridge if you just want a reminder. But again, this intentional eating practice, this best practice, it's a suggestion. And it's something that should be a moment of conscious kind of joy that you give yourself, not something to do. Not something to check off the to-do list. Although I do admit, there are nights where I'm like, oh, I just want to get through this. And so forcing myself to pause, that part isn't easy. But once I do, it's like, you know, there's times when I know I need to meditate and I don't want to. But then once I do, I'm so grateful I did. And consistency is key. Even if you decide just to breathe every night before eating or before cooking, Consistency is key. If you do it here or there, you know, it can feel good. But if you really want to rewire those neural pathways, you've got to be consistent. So that's the practice. And as I mentioned, I do this before cooking, but what's cool is you can also do this before eating. So every night before dinner, and this is another thing I've described here in the podcast, but my family, we sit at the table and we take two deep breaths together. And this has been such a powerful shift within our family dynamic because the kids, we all arrive at the table, like I mean, sometimes like taking photos of the food for social media or whatever. And we all arrive scattered in our own stories, and our own heads. But we take two deep breaths. And this is not only to arrive into your body, into our own individual bodies, but also to arrive together. And then... I say a few words of what I have come to realize is grace. (laughs) I grew up Catholic. Sorry. I said that with a negative intonation. I didn't mean that, but I took a lot of negative things from Catholicism, which I know that was just personal. That's not for everyone. So anyway, that's a tangent, (laughs) but I grew up saying grace and it meant nothing. But now the grace, again, I'm saying that this is just for me personally, The grace I say nowadays is really that gratitude practice. So we sit, we breathe. Oh, engaging your senses is just fun. I mean, I just encourage you to do that before eating because it's just fun. And when your senses are engaged, you can appreciate the flavor of food in a much deeper way. But then those few words of gratitude, and I always thank the food in front of us. I always thank each other. I often go on a tangent, and then I always thank our bodies because I want my girls to grow up loving and trusting their bodies. And so they hear me say that all the time, and I hope that will trickle down into their cells. So that's the intentional eating practice. Thank you for listening. This has been a shift for me, and it's something I will continue to talk about really just talking about how we can bring more pleasure, joy, and ease into the kitchen. I mean, that's my mission. Let's gain our sovereignty around food. Let's find the freedom and the fun around food. But to get there, we have to often start in a different mode. So that's what I hope this can help you get there. Find a deeper sense of connection to yourself and a deeper sense of connection to the foods you eat and a deeper sense of joy. Okay, I talked for, oh my gosh, almost a half hour. <laughs> I actually have a picture of my friends sitting in front of me on my computer. So I feel like I'm chatting with you guys. <laughs> I didn't want to feel like I was talking to myself. Thank you all for listening. As always, you can support this work by signing up for the newsletter or sharing the podcast. That goes a long way. Leave a comment, rate it on your podcast app. I'm going to be away, not away. I'll be here working, but I'm going to put a little pause on the podcast for the next month. Give myself some time to, give myself some stillness for the new content to come in. I guess I'll say that. So until August, my friends, I'm going to sign off. As always, remember to nourish yourselves with intention and love. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If this work resonates with you in any way, you can support it by leaving a review or comment or sharing it with friends. Also, you can sign up for the newsletter, Mind, Body, Spirit, Food. And by becoming a paid member for just $5 a month, You help fund this entire project. Thank you so much to all of you who are already subscribed, especially to those paid subscribers. This work could not happen without you. I'm Nikki Sizemore, and as always, remember to nourish yourself with intention and love.